This is episode 142 on Growth Lies Beyond the Discomfort. You're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, Forever Athlete founder, and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. And today's conversation is all about growth through that discomfort. How do we embrace it? I recently started training for the next race on my radar, which is called Utilo. It is a swim run off of Catalina Island here in LA. Um, And it really got me thinking about what happens when we actively seek out discomfort in our life. I wanted to shout out a previous guest on the show, Hunter McIntyre, for putting Utilo and the whole swim run sport on my radar for the first time about a year ago, actually. He, <laughs> I told him my background, he said, you should check this out. It's going to be challenging, but I think it's within your wheelhouse. It will stretch you and it will grow. Here we are a year later. So for context, this race will end up being about 11 kilometers of intense trail running and about three kilometers of open water ocean swimming. And as a former pool swimmer, I quickly learned upon my move out here to LA that the controlled pool environment is much, much different than the constantly changing ocean. It's not the same. And while I have done plenty of swimming over my life, I don't feel very comfortable in the ocean. is at least swimming in that capacity. And then I've done some serious running over the past year here, but I'm gonna be honest, it's been like baby running. It's just nice and flat on these paved walkways. It's pretty easy uh, in comparison. So the trail running here is gonna be, again, a little bit out of my wheelhouse. It's not necessarily my strength. So quite honestly, I'm a little nervous leading up to this race and that's why at the same time, I'm so freaking stoked for it because there's this opportunity here to really dive into the discomfort again. The same thing that I was faced when I decided I'm gonna dive into running a solo marathon last year and earlier this year. I had training, um, this training swim actually last week that I went out with a small group of people and I quickly found myself completely alone in the water no longer than about five minutes into this thing. And not going to lie, this totally freaked me out at first because I was about 100 meters off the shore and water's so murky that I could barely really see the hand in front of me, clearly in front of my face, and I was all by myself. I was all alone. And it sounds like the perfect storm for a panic attack to really be brewing, right? And if you have these beliefs around what goes on in the ocean, you're much more likely to have that sort of reaction, especially for someone who is used to the stillness of the pool and really being able to see really the bottom of things at all times. I was freaked out. And while I noticed my body, it did start to tense up a little bit. My heart rate, it did start to increase a little bit. I took a second to pause, to recognize this, and really take it all in. And I now had the perfect opportunity on my hands really to face some of my fears, to face some of this discomfort. This reframe, it didn't make me more comfortable, but it did allow me to realize that there was growth to be had from this particular experience at hand. How many times in life are we faced with an uncomfortable situation so we stop ourselves from even starting in the first place? Even if we know there's something good on the other side of that discomfort, 
we stopped. We're paralyzed by action. Oftentimes it's paralyzed by perfectionism and all these other things. If I had known, quite frankly, that I would be swimming solo that morning, I probably wouldn't have even gotten in. Opting instead to go for a run, work on the trail running aspect of this race rather than the open water swim. But I'm grateful that, honestly, it turned out the way that it did. And here's why. I was given the perfect opportunity to face something that I otherwise never would have willingly chose to face. That really got me thinking about how really the best opportunities in our life for growth lies beyond the discomforts that we face on a continual basis, right? Athletes are accustomed, we're a crazy breed to begin with, but we're accustomed to actively seeking out opportunities that really would throw ourselves into some grueling training because we know on the other side, there's growth, that's where betterment occurs, that's how we actually improve our skill set. We need to be thrown into the fire, right? A comfortable life is created really when we seek discomfort. We become better prepared for life when it throws us these curveballs, when we've trained for them, we've l raised our level of perceived stress, right? We all have perceived stress levels based off of our beliefs, our experiences, and our skills. That means that limiting beliefs and bad experiences or lack of skills can really lead us to being just stressed the fuck out in certain scenarios, in certain cases. That also means that we can rise our, and raise our level of perceived stress through intentionally changing our beliefs, creating new experiences that challenge and cultivate new beliefs, and training our skills to do so repeatedly. And when we stack those into alignment, that's how we grow. Truly, that's how we grow as individuals, as forever athletes. So today, I really want to speak on how we can continue to grow, how we can continue to really grow through seeking discomfort in those areas and challenging our beliefs and challenging our past experiences and improving our skills. So let's first take a look at our beliefs because those are going to be the deepest rooted of all of those things. Now, to understand how we change our beliefs, we must really understand how beliefs are formed in the first place. And then we can look at how we can change them to better serve us in this moment. A belief really is this stored innate uh, behavior in our mind, this old story in our subconscious that's stored there because of repeated actions and it's repeat yielded a repeated experience and our belief becomes this like storage file much like your computer has this program it's like okay if x and y continually happen then z is the end result we're going to store that a certain way and we're going to program just like you would program a keyboard type in certain things you get a certain result on the other end of things because it is so deeply rooted in our subconscious it makes it a little bit challenge, more challenging to really change it. I want you to recall a belief uh, really you have about life in general. And it could be about money, it could be about relationships, how the world is, how relationships are supposed to work. It really doesn't matter. But I want you to get that in mind here for a second. I want you to think about how that belief really came to be in the first place. Our belief set is a result of our experiences from repeated actions over time. And in some cases, it might not even be our own experiences, but the experience of someone close to us that just 
so happen to have become adopted by us and taken on as our own belief. We see this a lot when we have similar belief sets as our parents. If we're not willing to challenge them, we're just willing to accept them. It could lead us to maybe a limiting belief and hitting a ceiling where we it's self-perceived. It's not necessarily truly there. We can think of our beliefs as this eight-lane mega highway that's paved like the 405 out here in LA. Wait, it might have some potholes there, right? But ultimately, it's pretty established, and it's that established point to get you from point A to point B. This highway represents how information gets processed by both our brain and our body. And the deeper really rooted the brain is in a certain belief, the faster that information is interpreted without question. So the brain, it craves being able to connect really these experiences and operate on autopilot because it saves energy in that process. Why do you think change is so hard for people? It's using up more energy than the brain would be using if it just continued to operate on autopilot. And it can be really, really frustrating because you want to change, but you feel drained, you feel exhausted. Much like road work on that major highway could leave us feeling frustrated. Undergoing this process of change is no different because it's uprooting these deepest rooted beliefs. And it can be worse than sitting in that beltway traffic during rush hour. It's a pain in the ass, isn't it? So why do we do it? Why go into the discomfort? Why intentionally sit in the traffic? Why slow down when we have this perfectly fit way of operating? Because at some point, like we talked about last week, we could outgrow our belief systems. If we want to continue to expand and grow and seek growth and reach our ultimate truest potential, we need to outgrow these beliefs. And because on the other side of belief change, we become better able to handle the stresses of the world and we are able to grow beyond what is limiting us in the first place. Let's sink in for a second here. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So this process is only for those who seek growth, oftentimes at the cost of an immediate pain. Now as an athlete, you're familiar with that, right? AKA, it's the athlete within us. As forever athletes, we know that the short-term discomfort really can lead to long-term comfortable lives. Intentionally choosing to really run in to going into those sprint repeats, really to sit in the noise of meditation on the other side allows us to be cool, calm, collected when it matters most. The sprint repeats allows us to be faster and more agile than we ever would have been before if we had elected not to do those repeats in the first place. We change our beliefs by setting intentions to do so. First by recognizing what our belief is, and then it's how is it currently serving us. Almost like a bad story that we've repeatedly heard over and over and over again in our life, instead of hearing the same old story for the millionth time, what would happen if we chose to rewrite that story? If we chose to create an ending that actually served us for where we're currently at? Wouldn't that be something? Above all else, we have the freedom to choose our attitude towards any situation. Trust me, 
So to begin changing your beliefs, we want to set up roadblocks that prevent our mind from going down that old mega highway, spiraling down that pathway that is no longer serving you to your highest potential in this moment. It's not getting you to where you want to go. You want a new destination. You want new results. You need to set up this road work and this detour that's going to help get you there. We start by creating that detour, a new route, one that will ultimately get you to that true north star, that true thing that you were after and you were chasing. And sure, it might be a dirt road to begin with. It might be a gravel road. It's very bumpy. It's very rough. It's part of the process, but eventually it's going to smooth out and it will be continued to be reinforced by these new experiences and these new skills that you continue to develop. So one way to make belief change a little bit easier is to surround yourself with people that continue to elevate and expand your beliefs. That positive reinforcement that helps really create a positive feedback loop in your life for sustainable change. And that's really what we're after here. This leads us to looking at our experiences next, right? We want to be looking at who we are hanging around and how that cultivates our experiences. So too does our actual environment. If we really want our brain to be buying into this change that we are trying to elicit into this growth that we are trying to have it undergo, we have to feed it experiences over and over again that provide it feedback that it's on the right track. Even if it's really a rough route to begin with, right? I remember how much I loathed getting into back into shape at the end of August every year for swimming. That was the really longest break that we ever had in the sport was you got done that championship meet end of July, maybe early August. You had about three, four weeks totally away from the sport. It was a great mental reset. It was a great physical reset, but getting back in, it sucked. It really did suck. It felt like, really, you put your body through tumble dry in the dryer for about two hours. You would come out of there sore in places that you didn't even know you could get sore. Like, the back of your neck would hurt. Like, the low back. I don't even know, man. It was a crazy experience, and most athletes can relate to that, getting back into shape. It's not always a, a fun feeling, right? But really i would get to do it all over again the next day and the next day and how i would have the motivation to do so was a result of the experience that i was having with the people that were going through it at the same time it was like this group internal suffering that we were all going through somehow made that experience as painful as it was bearable and i knew it i wasn't the only one feeling this way right we would all be going through this and it allowed us to band closer together through this shared experience because we were all going through it as a team. This experience was always better when I was on these teams with people that really embraced that period of discomfort rather than the ones that complained nonstop about how they were feeling after every single set, every single repeat. I didn't want to be around those people. The teammates that I had, the best ones in my life, were the ones that really knew that that environment was exactly what they needed to be the kick in the rear. They needed to get better that season. And they were gonna embrace it every single stroke of that practice. And that is the mentality that we were able to then take into creating our experiences now. If we have ourselves surrounded with people that know we need to actively seek out these experiences where discomfort lies, we can bond closer together with the people around us 
and it allows us to elevate together. It didn't necessarily make my experience itself, that practice, or the sum of practices, profoundly better. My body, it still felt like it was roadkill via semi-truck going back and forth over it, but it did change how I viewed growth as a whole. And these experiences made me less afraid of hard work, which is really what it boils down to, right? Because I knew on the other side of hard work, that was where that growth truly lied. And athletes are misunderstood by most non-athletes because they don't have that same experience. We are used to diving headfirst into discomfort because we know what lies on the other side of it, but not athletes, they can really struggle to wrap their head around it in the first place. But the disconnect doesn't have to be there. That's the beauty of this. Anyone can change their belief systems. It doesn't matter if you were an athlete your whole life or you're an athlete now at this point in time. It doesn't matter if you're a newfound athlete at 40, at 60. If you're here and you're listening, you are on the right track to changing your beliefs. And I just wanna acknowledge you for a second there. I always recommend to start small, right? When we're changing our experiences, it doesn't need to be taking it to the extreme of throwing your body into a brutal, hard two hours from practice if you never swam before. Slowly introducing new experiences that challenge old beliefs can lead to massive breakthroughs in your life with where you're at. This can be done via developing our skills by taking action. One of the biggest advocates I am <laughs> on this show and just in my life is actions speak louder than words. You gotta take action to develop the skills that change the experiences that change your belief systems. Because our brain, it craves proof. And today's society has become hyper anxious, it's always on edge, and it's constantly seeking approval from others. It's constantly seeking reassurance for our actions. We all see it in the athlete that's constantly going to that coach for every single thing. Was that good? Was that good? You know, not what could I do better, but was that good? They're looking for that validation. The employee that is going to that boss, how'd I do? They're, they're unsure of themselves, or the partner in the relationship that, you know, their partner is not doing too well. They're physically distraught and they're constantly, what did I do? What did I do wrong? We need to be practicing really how we can cure our insecurities is through facing them and developing confidence to cure the root of our insecurity, not by practicing reassurance, because all reassurance really is, is this band-aid to our ego. It allows us an scapegoat. It doesn't allow us to actually face the root of the problem that we should be talking about, that we should be facing. Forever athletes, we seek feedback over reassurance because we know that really, just because something feels scary, doesn't mean that's dangerous. And speaking of scary versus dangerous, this comes full circle back to my experiences of open water swimming out here, right? Solo last week, especially for the first time. I had always believed that this was super dangerous and super scary to the point of paralysis. I would never take action. There's no way I would ever do it, right? But thanks to some twisted fate, somehow I found myself in the middle of this new experience in real time and it gave me this opportunity to make it a little less scary. I didn't conquer my fears in the span of the hour that I was out there, but I was able to start writing a new belief, a new story, one that would serve me better. Because 
what if I'm doing this race next month and I find myself at some point during the race alone, separated from the other swimmers? Hopefully, I'm staying on course. Hopefully, it means that I'm quote-unquote winning the race. But for me to be truly okay in that discomfort, I need to face and start by rewriting my story, rewriting my belief systems to serve me a little bit better there, right? Now, this belief system, it can't be changed by just one one-off experience. That doesn't create that new mega highway that serves us much like our old beliefs have served us to this point in time. But a door can be open from that experience that gives you the opportunity to start working and really creating a new, more exp new, more expansive, really, belief system. That's really what it is all about. Now, I have this opportunity to continue to develop this skill solo of open water swimming, just like meditation can be that practice for you. It might not be easy at first, but I might feel a crazy amount of excess tension in my body. As you sit down to meditate, you might feel a crazy amount of excess noise in your head that on the other side of that, I promise, is growth, it's stillness. It is what you are actively seeking. So we need to sit in that discomfort sometimes, and sometimes we can drop into it like that. Meditation is that perfect example. Sometimes we can sit in and drop into that meditation within 30 seconds, within two minutes. And other times it might never get there, but we sat down with the intention and we practiced and trained to cultivate that skill. Athletes know we need to set that intention for every single practice session that we have. And it doesn't matter whether it is a physical practice session, a mental practice session, a sales call, there's intentionality behind everything that we do, right? And well, the beauty of it is this new experience that I had getting out there in the Pacific solo by myself is I have this new experience that tells me, well, at least you didn't die, right? So that's something good to build off there. Sometimes that's all you really need from this experience. A simple nudge to change our ways can occur when we unexpectedly are thrown into experiences that challenges our belief system. When we're faced with these, right, it's best to run into the discomfort because growth lies on the other side of it. You don't become a faster runner by not running and by avoiding it. The forever athlete knows that you go head first into the discomfort to get what you are after in life. I challenge you this week to look at your belief system. What's something you've known to be true that might no longer be serving you at your highest self? How can you create new experiences this week that elicit growth in the area of your life that you are intentionally focused in on now? It doesn't have to be physical, right? It could be something like finally developing and diving into that mindset, habit, and mindfulness practice that you've said you were going to do time and time again. You just haven't done so just yet. I encourage you to dive into that discomfort. Growing pains, they become a little bit more manageable with the right teammates around you. That's why I created the Forever Athlete Network. So head on over to foreverathletela.com to join or simply text 301-747-0718 to join the team of growing seekers who want to make this life the most beneficial life that they have because we only got one, right? You're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I appreciate your time today. Let's win this week, and I will see you all on Friday.